Welcome to the People's Revolution podcast. This is a space where we share stories from activists around the world. We hope that these stories inspire you to act locally as we share globally. Welcome to the People's Revolution podcast. Today we have the LVE Foundation, uh, Tiger Lee Campbell and Brad Gallimore. Thank you for being on the show. How are you guys? Thanks for having us. I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good now that you guys are here. (laughs) (laughs) Say that now. So this is our, our April Fool's episode, April 1st. Super excited to have an actual comedian, Brad. So fun. <laughs> so if you ever need some good activist comedy, Brad is your person. Um, yeah. I just want to, you know, I just want to jump right into it and just talk about your foundation. Um, what started the LVE Foundation and what brought you to create it? And I'm going to ask Tigra first, please, and thank you. Okay, yeah. Um, I was wondering, can we can we actually start with Brad so that he can explain yeah. <laughs> his part first and then how I jumped in? Because that's kind of how this, the yes. session went, yeah. him and then me. That sounds good. So um, my great claim to fame was I made a Facebook post this one time because I was sitting there and I saw other people were doing things in communities and I was like, hey, that should happen here. So I made a Facebook post. And of course, my first thought was like, yeah, we're going to do an anti-racism event, Black Lives Matter. You know, this is happening literally across the world. This is going to be so great and simple. I won't even have to do anything after. I'll just be the guy who posts. And um, that was a young, naive, very (laughs) different me who had no idea what was about to happen. And there was some positive feedback, mostly negative. And... (laughs) And when I say negative, I mean like bad. And admittedly, like, so I didn't respond well either because I was like, screw you, you're the worst. How dare you? And yeah, so I made a Facebook post about starting an event out here in Vermilion, Alberta, supporting Black Lives Matter. And that's when things spiraled. And then Tigra. <laughs> Thank you, Tigra. Yeah. Sorry, Julia, didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's um, <laughs> Yeah, so how I got involved, I had, it was probably about a week or a couple weeks before that, we, I went to the protest that happened in Lloydminster, and um, it was the same thing here, the same response here, that it was in Vermilion. Um, there were some really good ones, obviously, because there, there was a pretty good turnout. There was probably about 50 people um, in Lloyd, if not more, and people kept coming and going throughout the day. And um, so I went to that protest and nothing really happened after that. And I was like, you know what? These places are having multiple protests. Like, how come there isn't more than one happening? Why isn't there anything happening in Vermilion? And then it was like a couple of days after that, I saw Brad's post about wanting to have a, a protest in Vermilion. I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Um, 
went in the comments and I was like, oh my God, this guy's getting rolled so hard. And um, he had stated, he's like, you know, if anyone wants to help, if anyone wants to take this over, I am more than glad yeah, to, to pass this off. <coughs> Sorry, I have a smoker's cough. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, he had... Um, when was this even planned for Sunday? Was it a Sunday? I think. Yeah. And, um, that I was actually on my way to Stony Plain to see my cousin. And, uh, we were both just like real fired up too about all the people in the comments. I didn't necessarily engage properly either. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I came to the protest on the Saturday and that was the first time that I had met Brad and um yeah so that's how we first met um me brad murray who's another member of our group was lauren at the protest yeah she was definitely at the first one so was tommy and tommy yeah because tommy spoke so that's so we all met there and then so those are now the core members of our group and um yeah that's you know that's how we started that's how we were created awesome well, that's a beautiful and and concerning story because you guys live in <laughs> central Alberta. Um, Not even it's eastern Alberta. Oh, it's eastern Alberta. Is, hey. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you guys are up. Yeah. Yeah, we're right on the border. Right of Saskatchewan. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I can imagine that anti-racism action is not taken well there. It's... It could be worse could be a lot better <laughs> it could be yeah that's and that's honest like it could be it could be worse which is terrifying because it's already bad but it it could be you know a thousand percent better but it also could be a thousand percent better um across canada as well so mm. it's not just here there are some places that are more i don't even know if progressive is the word <laughs> more anti-racist but mm -hmm. Yeah. So what your foundation focuses on is anti-racism, action, and education. Is that correct? Yeah. Anti-racism, action, education, awareness. Um, that right now we're m mainly focused on the education part. Hey, Brad? Yeah. And then, you know, any intersectionality. So, like, um, we do a lot with, like, LGBTQ2S across Alberta as well. Um trying to set up a little more out here there's not as much as there should be but we're yeah. we're not starting from scratch but we're not starting with a huge foundation either that makes sense yeah well, good for you guys um and so Thanks. i i was checking out all your events of course and you guys have been doing round tables since the beginning um and i absolutely loved the round tables that you did like the, the last few you did with stacy um were amazing and i hope mm -hmm. i hope to have stacy on next time um but that'd be great right um but so i just want to give people a little a little description of what they could expect if they went on the lve foundation facebook or group um and they clicked on one of your round tables what what would it be like for them so our first roundtables actually started outside at the right across from Brad's house where we held our first protest. 
And um, we were really trying hard to get the community out. Um, however, like this was started, all started during COVID. So that put a um, kind of a wedge in it. And then the time I also think put a wedge in it because we were holding them on Thursday evenings and um, doing things during the week is really hard, especially if you're working and have kids. Getting the community out was really hard too. Um, there were a lot of times that it was just us. And um, so when the colder weather started, we, and we did a poll too, to see if we'd have more people come if we offered this um, by Zoom. So we started doing it by Zoom. We still, it was still kind of slow, like happening, but um, yeah. But then we started um, to do the round tables, but have topics. And that's where we really found um, that we got more traction doing it that way. So, so far we've had, um, like we had one every week during Black History Month. Um, and we touched on um, slavery. Um, we talked about different um black people from history sorry <laughs> um we had um adora and jesse lipscomb on one that was really fun mm -hmm. yeah um this month we're doing um the trc with stacy which is super fun it's so she's so knowledgeable and i love learning from her i just love listening to her speak it's just so um um, methodical and impactful just super calming mm -hmm. yeah do you want to let, um, give people a little what what is the trc oh the trc is the truth and reconciliation commission um that's been put in place to kind of um bridge the gap and do some mending between the and change policies between the Canadian government and Indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of them. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. And um, this was finished in 2015, the TRC? Mm -hmm. or 2000, 2009, yeah. So it's been finished since 2009, and there's only been 10 that have been completed. Wow. So and, there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, completed, quote unquote, completed. So um, there's still a lot of work to do. And this is um, before even the last probably six months, I hadn't even heard of the TRC. Um, and I know that I'm not the only one um, uh, that hasn't heard of it. So that's, and I think it's really important. So that's why we try, really try to use the platform that we have now to bring awareness um, to these to the issues and um, really find a reason or not a reason but a way that we as individuals can get involved involved and help these causes mm, so good and you guys mm -hmm. also did um, cooking with cultures or you still do cooking with cultures is that right mm -hmm. um, do you want to yeah do you want to share a little bit about that yeah, um, cooking with cultures is super fun. It's kind of, kind of in the process of finding our next guest. Guest, but um, we have a guest on every month, and they show us how to cook a cultural dish from their background. 
Um, and then we also talk about the dish. So we get into the, the history of the dish, um, how it was created. And then we go into um, like more a personal um, relationship between the dish and the guest. And, um, you know, who was the first person they cooked it with? What does the dish mean to them? Like what emotions does it bring up for them? Because cooking, cooking is nostalgic and um, it's a really great way to bring everyone together. Um, I kind of, I, it came as an idea and it was a really great way to connect us all, even though it's over Zoom. Um, it was a, like a really great initiative to um, bring us together. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And we eat food. And we eat food, right? Yeah. Like, it's perfect. And we cooked some soup, like the chicken and dumplings we cooked with Keisha. So good. So good. Um, and I have this all recorded. So um, I've, I've said I'm going to do this and I'm actually going to do it. But we I'm going to create um, a YouTube channel for the LVE LV Foundation so that I can put all the videos on there and then people can go and read it because or watch it when we do things live. I think Facebook only keeps it for about two weeks oh. um, on. Yeah. And then it disappears and you can't see it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. It's super strange. I don't know why they don't leave it up forever, but yeah. Yeah, yeah a YouTube would be great because then people could find your roundtable discussions and your cooking with cultures. So exactly. Keep an eye out for that, everyone that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> and so besides the roundtables and the cooking with cultures, you guys have been involved in rallies, demonstrations, and I noticed um, one blanket exercise, which I found really mm. cool. Also, so around, you guys have a well-rounded um, impact. <laughs> And I like it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Oh, sorry, Tiga. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so we've technically done two blanket exercises. So uh, the first one we did was way back August of last year. Um, Asakana K-Walk, they build bridges, offered to do one for us and our group. Um, and anybody that we could get to come do it because they wanted to, like, show us that they were like, kind of proud of what we had been doing and where we were come from and where we started and so we did that and then um they build bridges as well also did one um i think it was in december that we did the no early january for the yeah. diversity and inclusion forum and it was actually the first ever uh virtual blanket exercise mm -hmm. and they again this is total credit to asakana k-walk they build bridges follow them on facebook and can you give brad everyone just a small summary of what a blanket exercise is uh, sure. So it's like it's uh, a recap almost and, and not a recap, but like a historical adventure uh, through the history of pre-colonization, uh, first explorers, settlers, landers, and then right up to current days. And it tells everything that Indigenous people have been affected by, that they have done, um, that uh, colonization did to them. And, you know, you go right up through residential schools and everything. And it's all about like no blame, no guilt. It's just telling the history, but in a in an interactive, fundamental way of learning, so that it's really impactful. And then you also do a part where you talk about your emotions and your feelings throughout. Again, with no shame, no guilt, no judgment. Yeah, it sounds very impactful. It's it's super impactful and very emotional. Um, 
the first one that I went to, I was A, super pregnant, <laughs> and B, I was, um, I was so emotional. Like, a lot of the things that facts that he had said, I did not know them. Um, and it definitely explained how colonization and residential schools and everything that came after was able to happen. Yeah. So again, everyone listening, if you see a blanket exercise in your area, there is groups that are putting these things out there and they're important. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100% they are. So I'd like to now kind of shift more into focusing on you two as activists um, and just kind of get, get an idea of what your journey has been like through 2020 into 2021 um, and how, how your personal activism has, has gone on that journey with you. Um, and maybe I'll start off with Brad. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so I've been constantly calling it my like journey of learning because that's, that's the main thing we were so focused on education. So of course the first thing that made sense was like, well, then I should probably start getting some education. So, and that's the other thing too, that goes back to our round tables is like knowing that we don't know everything. So we have other people on to like, you know, educate us as well as anybody else who's listening and just anybody who has the experience or the knowledge in a certain topic. So I would say, uh, my activism, oh my goodness. So when I started from where I am now are two completely unrecognizable people. So just carrying that, um, uh, that, that knowing that I don't know much into where I am now. So I'm just constantly trying to learn, educate myself, uh, learn what I'm supposed to do and where I fit, and then learn some more while I'm there. Beautiful, beautiful. And so Tigra, what has it, or what has it been like for you? Sorry, Tigra Lee. What has it been like for you um, from 2020 to 2021 um, within your personal activism? So <clears throat> as this one person who sang a song on um, Human Rights Day that Taylor put together, hashtag fuck 2020. And um, <laughs> It, uh, it has been, <laughs> it's been quite a journey. Um, before 2020, I guess if you could, if you, if you told me that I was going to be in this space, I don't, I don't necessarily think I would have believed you. Um, I really struggled a lot with my, my own identity and um, my own identity, my own confidence, my own self-worth, you know, anything to do with um, putting myself out there and um, making myself vulnerable. Like I have such huge uh, barriers and boundaries up. Um, but this work, um, especially for me, um, having to tell my own uh, personal experiences and uh, lived experiences and um, you kind of do have to be well, you don't have to be anything for me. I, I, you I, I have to be kind of vulnerable if I'm going to get through to people, but in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. um, so 
yeah, when we first started, um, it was just, you know, like, it was super, I was super angry. And um, I was so naive, too, when I think about it. Um, especially, uh, yeah, it's like it all hit me at one time, like it went after the first protest here in, in, in Lloyd Minster and just seeing the comments, like, I was surprised. I was I was surprised and I reached out to a friend and I was like, what the heck is happening? Like, I didn't expect this. And she's like, you know, Tigra, like, come on, how could you not expect this? And it really made me reflect on my entire life, you know, and like, I learned what microaggressions were. I did not know that what microaggressions were. Um, and, uh, you know, in hindsight, everything's 2020. I'm like, oh shit, like this was actually happening to me. And, you know, you're so programmed and conditioned to think in this Eurocentric way that you don't even realize that these things are happening to you until, you know, that veil or however you want to say it is kind of removed. And you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is a huge issue. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, it, I have done a lot of growing and a lot of learning, a lot of learning about myself um, and um, a lot of healing. Um, I've found a lot of like-minded people and I, found, I have a really, really great team that I work with and I'm super blessed to have them in my life. Um, but I, I've also found other biracial people um that can relate to me and that's something that I've never actually a thought about really and I um it's I don't know it's just a completely different feeling you know when you, you if I talk to Tiara or if I talk to Taylor like some of the things that we say are um are really common um between between us so that's really cool too so it's kind of like after not having that sense of belonging for so long and that sense of community for so long and now um, finding it and actually having it is um, it's, it's really awesome. And it's, it's really something special that I, I get to hold on to. So that's really cool. Um, so uh, yeah, so there's a, and there's a lot of learning about indigenous culture too, because it was just unknown it like it was just super sad and like just like all the all the knowledge that I've gained within the last few months here it's some of it when you now that I'm aware of it it's like bright as day like I can see it right as day but before it was just it's like like I said before that veil's been lifted um so yeah, there's there's a lot of growing and learning still to do. And like Brad said, that's one of the main reasons we have roundtables is to educate ourselves. And um, that's a really big thing. And especially with talking to other people when, you know, um, especially when they say like, oh, you're full of hate or you're calling all us all racist or, you know, and they think that I'm attacking them or we're attacking them and they don't really realize that 
we are still doing our own learning and our own deprogramming and checking our own subconscious bias like there multiple times a day like I'll think something and I'm like wait a minute like that sounds fucked like why would you even think that (laughs) and it's it's socialized programming like we learn all this stuff when we're younger and we are fully responsible for unfucking ourselves as adults it is not our fault but it is our responsibility and you guys are nailing it (laughs) yeah it's true It, it is our responsibility and i really wish um that a lot more people can um can see that it's 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 hard work especially out here it's really hard work i get um there have been there was one at one point in time when i was super discouraged and this was recently and i was i was really discouraged and um um brad had said he's like you know somebody told me that the response that we're getting just means that we are doing what we said we were going to do. And uh, that really resonated with me. And that's just, you know, what I've thought about when I see these really horrible comments or, you know, yeah. So thank you, Brad. (laughs) Yeah. That that actually leads me to my, my next portion is what I want. I wanted to say what makes you, the most angry and what makes you the most hopeful but maybe what makes you the most disappointed or discouraged and then what makes you the most hopeful both sides of the coin you go first brad oh no (laughs) Uh, honesty so yeah so most discouraged easily is so my name gets just ripped apart in this town and i mean like things that have nothing to do with us at all my name gets ripped apart or you know there's even comments like somebody will say something on a group in vermilion and somebody else oh this is like the wish version of brad gallimore and i'm like i what the hell did i have to do with this conversation Mm -hmm. and as we've moved further from the um or like forward and and later in time i guess but so realizing that it doesn't matter because it shouldn't be about me anyway so kind of steering into them more than being hurt by them i mean it still sucks i won't lie about it but like that was the extra flip of the coin was that somebody was like you know like a it's distracting from from them saying things about racialized folks but b like steer into it you know have some fun with it um you know (laughs) see if you can't like try to put in a funny joke every now and then when you're being absolutely ripped apart and just see what the reaction's like or even like one person said something about a video i made like a long ass time ago and i was like oh yeah like i'm glad you still have it it shows how much i've grown and my perspective has changed and two people were even like i was not expecting that response good for you and i was like wow yeah i did not see that coming but even just like the the realization of like you know what it's not about me so like when when some people are mad at me meanwhile activists who have been doing this for 10 years are like oh my god welcome to my daily freaking life and i'm like yeah all right fair enough <laughs> so but and for me that is like the flip side i don't know if that's weird but it was like yeah all right like touche you're right you know when when a town of three thousand is complaining about me literally five different people oh no my life is so hard 
so that was kind of the flip was like just being sarcastic about it like i don't know it, it kind of motivates me too a little bit when people are saying that much about me i'm like well then i must have done something right so it's like the best and worst part like at first it was the worst and then it helped you grow yeah. into a funnier person <laughs> like thanks it's all the terribleness <clears throat> to deal with <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah that that makes sense um what, what about you tigra how you what is your either one actually you don't i don't pressure you to answer both but either what what makes you what discouraged you the most and what made you the most hopeful either one okay um i think that what discourages me the most um isn't it's not even people that have a different opinion um it's when we can't speak to each other respectfully that's what really bothers me. Um, I don't. Um, I don't think that racism is going to be solved overnight. I don't think it's going to be solved this week, this month, this year. You know, it's not going to be so solved in my my lifetime. But I mean, with the amount of people that have um, called us names, called me names, called us stupid. Um, retarded we got that once um you know threatened to come and disrupt our round tables to the point where I didn't feel safe bringing my kids that's that's what really makes me upset um is the lack of respect that we have for one another now and it's um so that's what that's what really bothers me um and uh I think what makes me hopeful is as hard as it's been, like we have seen a little bit of change here and we have changed a few minds. So that's what um, really gives me hope um, to see our group, our Facebook group growing um, and to be um, connected with more uh, like-minded people across Alberta and um, even in BC with Stacy out there. Mm -hmm. um, oh, Angelita, she's out there too. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> to be, to just be um, in, in constant contact, you know, through Facebook and other, and social media platforms with these, with these really awesome people, like that's what keeps me going every day. Um, I've already plugged my group and said how awesome they are, but they're, can do it as many they're really, as they really, they really are. And we've had, you know, we've had, really good times we have had our issues but we still um get through it and that's what means the most to me is that we can still you know fight like a family but bring it back together mm -hmm. um yes. yeah no and shout out shout out to the organizations around here too especially the uh, lloyd Minster immigration partnership chemo amazing yes. so mm -hmm. you know there's we've even just making those connections around here is kind of hopeful too mm -hmm. Yeah, and class in Vermilion too. Ooh, class, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I would even venture to say that the people that have spoken illy about you were hit in the fields in a specific type of way that they knew they had things to work on, and instead of working on them, they lashed out. And I hope that they hear this. You guys, I'm calling you out right now. <laughs> I hope that they 
do too. Like we have one gentleman in particular here in Vermilion who I don't want to say his name because he'll hear this and he'd be like, I'm going to get you with defamation or some bullshit like that. But he <laughs> is, you know, it's, he's being super challenging and um, yeah, it's, uh, but he's being challenging in a way where it's like, he's trying to be eloquent about it. But at the end of the day, he's being just super annoying mm. and he's butthurt. So that makes it even worse. <laughs> and he will watch this. I guarantee it. Oh, well, yeah. hello, he'll person. He'll watch this and he'll, he'll try and pick it apart. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, it's only to whoever doesn't want to learn. It's just to their own detriment, right? Like, especially like you guys have provided so much education at your own emotional expense. And you're really putting mm. it out there for people and... At the, at the end of the day, if people just want to critique it, I, what I tell myself when this happens to me is that at least they're watching it and maybe one point might have cued in a little bit. Right. <laughs> but it's still... Absolutely. I understand also that it sucks. Pretty Plus, hard. it's free viewership. So, like, thanks for the view. Yeah, thanks for the view. Yeah. Thanks for the share. Yeah. Thanks for the like. <laughs> just kidding. They wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> And so for for those people, I guess, like not just this person in particular, but but all the haters, what do you wish that they understood? Either one. That's a really good question. It's kind of a loaded question. Just yeah. <laughs> it's a big one. Systemic racism. Just that systemic racism is real. That's what I wish they understood. Mm, that's a good one. Especially like so in small town, right? Everything's been the same for pick a date, right? So not much changes. They get mad at you because you're not from here. And it's like, well, isn't that kind of a point? It's an outside perspective that you may have never heard before. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. And so I kind of agree with Brad. Like, sorry. No, no, go, no, please. No, please cut me off. Um, I, I do. I do agree with Brad. Like, I wish people would understand that this system was not built for everybody and that it doesn't work for everybody and to um, understand why. So the system isn't built for everyone and um, a lot of people go back to the law and they will try and, you know, discredit what you're saying by using the law Mm. because it's not overtly in the law. Um, that so yeah they'll try and use that against you and it's like unless you it's so much so you have to unpack it for yourself in order to unpack it for other people mm-hmm. and that's you see, that uses so much more emotional labor um yeah yeah so that's really hard it's really great well and you know that can do that for me because <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm not the greatest and for anybody watching this that is a hater and doesn't believe in it just go see the TRC, the calls to action, literally the TRC report. The first half is about this thick. The second half is a little thicker. That is proof of systemic racism. It's literally right there laid out for you for people who are trying to, like, even say that systemic racism isn't real. That's the proof. Like, it's right there. And 21 things about the Indian Act. Like, that it, That book is, what, not even 100 pages? Yep. And it... it definitely outlines why the Indian Act was created um, and how it was meant to eradicate 
indigenous folks. Mm-hmm. Right up, and it, it goes right up until the nows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what would be your message to people that don't understand the gravity of this situation? Brad, you look like you got your thinking face on, so I'm going for oh, you first. I just, intergenerational trauma is a thing. Um, you know, and, and even like there's stories of this town where people have moved out because they were, uh, racialized folks that lived here for maybe six months and they left because of the overt racism. So it's just like understanding that, you know, when somebody says, just get over it, you, I don't understand. You don't understand that this is a predominantly white town. We don't understand. So when you're like, oh, it's just get over it. Like, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tigra, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Um, yeah, I guess <clears throat> be able to just see past yourself as hard as that sounds, um, especially if you're not a very wise person. Um, it, uh, that's right. Racism is not, not a me problem. You know, it's a, it's a white person, white people problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, listen to your racialized friends. Listen, listen to all the racialized people and like what and what they're saying. Um, all going to have. Um, we're not going to all be on the same page either, which is a big one. Um, <clears throat> some are conservative which is a really weird thing to say but it's true um so we're not gonna all agree exactly on everything but um just listen to what we have to say don't overanalyze or try and like put your spin on it you know what i mean like try and try and see it through a different lens of what we're saying and um yeah listen to us just listen yeah. And stop listening to Candace Owens. I was just oh going to say that. Get out of my head. Anyone says that name to me again. Listen to conservative <laughs> black voices. Have you listened to any like, you know, Dr. Ibram Kendi or Desmond Cole or literally yeah. pick a Malcolm X speech? No, no. You said listen to Candace Owens and I went. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it just goes to show some people just want to be heard. They do not want to learn and it's got you gotta it's gotta be both and it's unfortunate like i find in my activism i'm trying to listen to the other side so i can figure out how to like meet them somewhere but then i feel completely also unheard and i feel like that's consistent through almost every other activist that i talk to and it's funny because we we have listened to candace owens like they say that all the time i'm like we've watched those videos we've seen them on the same algorithms you've had you have and we went yeah you listen to this (laughs) so i'm the the next portion of this i guess i'm gonna solution-based activism what do you think that needs to happen in our society or in our social systems to at least start some movement out of this racist rhetoric that we find ourselves trapped in but most people are blind to Mm. you go first so that's another really good question that i think about all the time um 
it's hard to see the solution when it's this is so much bigger than ourselves mm-hmm. um i think that uh i do think that we're on a really great start though um social media as addicting as it is is a really great platform um platforms to get your to get your word out and i think that with the amount of people now that are being open about it, um, sharing their stories, sharing what they're, the good and the bad, um, having these uncomfortable conversations. Um, at least for me, when I saw that, I was like, you know, if these people can do it, I can do it too. And I can, you know, educate myself further so that I am capable of being at the table um, and, uh, not being, um, angry. Well, being angry, of course, like it is like, I am angry. Like, you know, we got shit on for how many years and indigenous people were, <sighs> I can't even get into the heinous amount of injustices that happened. Um, but, um, to be, to not let my emotions get the best of me. Um, so if, um, these conversations that are starting to happen now more and more, I really think that, um, that, that is the start. Um, I do think that, um, these systems need to be infiltrated. I know that dismantle, um, has been in the forefront of a lot of conversations, but that's just one system. Um, and, you know, if we are going to, um, if we're going to support, you know, social ser- services like mental health and addiction services, um, they're still um, built in the colonialistic Eurocentric minds too. So it's not just about dismantling um, the police, but all of these systems need to be changed. Um, how they get changed uh how they get changed you know that is a really good question and i'm gonna pass this off to brad because i don't have the answer to no, that. that's a great answer awesome no pressure uh, so i think solutionary uh i think a big thing that always comes up so education and i think so anti-racism training at the highest levels um especially for uh teachers healthcare services. Sorry, I got random noise in the background happening right now. This one happens when trains go by. No worries. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. So yeah, so I think the big thing is like anti-racism training in both the healthcare and education system is huge because uh, a lot of this will start at younger ages, right? So introducing things to schools, but you're not going to get that if you're not doing anti-racism training for teachers. There, There's going to be conservative teachers who don't want to bring those things in um so just having the anti-racism training having anti-racism or workshops right i I hate to say the word training but having teachers do that and then bringing in the materials that should be taught in schools like clearing the plains by james Mm dastra should be taught in every freaking school everywhere i don't even care what level you're at like if you're like oh i'm about to graduate into anything that has to do with public service you should have to reread this yeah yes the truth and definitely then, needs to be start being taught um, for any sort of change to happen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, in yeah. every social system, every system that we have, I fully, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in healthcare or if you're a teacher and you're even slightly racist, you should not be a teacher or in healthcare. Yep. I'm not saying that like, you know, you can't like do some training work and some workshops to be a little better. But if you have these like terrible notions towards indigenous or black people or Asian people, then like, Get out of healthcare. LGBTQ, trans people, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very deeply seated. You think that would be obvious, um, but it's unfortunately not. So I'm with you. No racists, no sexists, no homophobes, no transphobes. (laughs) Easy Right, and like, is there any screening for that? Obviously not, like, you know, there's no screening for these biases. You can have teachers that, and it's happened across Alberta, high school teachers teaching that the Holocaust didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, that happens. Um, anti-vaxxer nurses, that's been a big thing recently. Don't love that. How? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. I only found out recently, but apparently it's a big thing in Alberta and BC. Not that sounds pretty Alberta. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does, actually. It's <laughs> like, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised at the same time. Right. So I'm after- surprised at it. I'm not surprised where it's happening. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. <that>. yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, I sometimes read news and I'm like, oh, surprising. Oh, it's Alberta. Never mind. Oh, no. Yeah. Hold, please. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> re-establishing <laughs> I only got two more questions then the second last one is how can people help or get involved mm-hmm. um, and even like people that are just starting their activism um, because I'm sure activists know what to do but if you're first getting involved or like you're not an activist but you want to help with anti-racism work um, I know a, a big theme today has been work on yourself and I think that's so important, but um, to continue off mm-hmm. that, um, what are some suggestions that, that you guys would have? Protesting is only one part of activism. Um, I think activism really starts um, at home. Mm-hmm. It starts at home. It starts with what you're teaching yourself, what you're teaching your kids, how you're interacting with your family, um, what you're saying um, when people say those uh, like really messed up things about indigenous people or black people or any other person of color. Um, Right now, the growing trend is um, Asian hate, which is so unacceptable. And those um, attacks on the Muslim women, Islamophobia is a really big thing. And that's, you know, that's, um, so when you hear people say really nasty things like that, like that's where activism really starts. Um, um, There are so many um, groups that you can join. Lloydminster and Vermilion for Equity, mm-hmm. um, uh, also the community, um, a fight for equity. Like mm-hmm. there's so many groups, um, Facebook groups that you can join, not just, you know, not just here, but literally across Canada and across the United States, like across the world, there's so, there's so many groups. Um, you can get involved with um, groups that do uh, mutual aid, like Water Warriors, um, 
yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can get involved. There's so many workshops that you can do online. Um, there's so many, you know, there's that Indigenous course that the U of A is offering. Um, yeah, um, email your, um, your local leaders, like your MLA, um, town or city council, and really ask them what they're doing for their anti-racism journey. Ask them how they're helping to complete anything on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Um, yeah, there's, a, you know, a lot more that I didn't touch on. Hopefully, Brad, you can um, bring something else up. But yeah, there's lots, there's lots of ways. Mm -hmm. And we, we talk about a thing called like uh, figuring out your role. So especially like, you know, starting at home, educating yourself, kind of figure out like what you're good at. Are you good at making signs? Make some signs. Are you good at connecting people, networking? Do you have a network of people? And there it is again. <laughs> Others doing anti-racism work. Like, um, so even instead of asking how you can help, let uh, leaders know like what you can offer, what you can do to help. Um, cause you know, sometimes how can I help is like, well, I don't know. What do you do? What are yeah. you good at? <laughs> yeah. So even, you know, just kind of figuring out like, Hey, like I'm good at connecting people or I'm good at organizing or coming up with an agenda, or I know how to uh, apply for grants, for instance, you know, things like that. So if you're good at a certain something, you can easily, for lack of a better word, attach yourself to someone who's doing the work and be like, Hey, I can take this load off of you. And that's, I think that's a big thing. Instead of asking people like, how can I help say, this is what I can do. And if that's not useful, they might know somebody else who could be useful too. So even your journey should be about what you can do for other people, essentially. And then, you know, you'll start from there and you'll figure out, okay, now I can do this for other people or we can grow it this way. And then, you know, like, don't expect someone to do the work for you. Ask yourself what you can do for them, I guess, is the best thing I'm trying to say. And don't expect a pat on the back because it's not going to happen. It's not. That's not what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an important part. Um, mm -hmm. Please don't expect a thank you. Um. Yeah, it's super thankless. And like, <clears throat> um, you definitely have to ask, like, why? Like, why? Why do you want to get into activism? Like, why why do you want to do this um and uh sorry but if you're white and you say for myself <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or to help myself or that's wrong that's the wrong yeah. answer <laughs> yes. it uh yeah you definitely have to be um super self-aware of of why you're why you're getting into activism mm -hmm. yes so important Mm -hmm. um, so what where can people find you what uh, you got you got instagram do you have twitter do you have facebook <laughs> me okay so yeah you can find this on facebook um we do have a group it's called lloydminster and vermilion for equity um we also have an event page which is public um we do have an instagram now <laughs> It's called um, LVE, LVE Foundation, right? Yeah. yeah LVE Foundation. Um, we have an email, um, Lloydminster, Lloydminster Vermilion for Equity at gmail.com. Um, we do have a website. I haven't seen it in a bit, so I'm not really sure where it's at. It was still being created, but mm -hmm. um, once that's um, 
finished. I'm not sure. Then we will. It's good to go. Go check it out. Uh, is it? For equity, for equity uh, uh, or is it .org? Sorry, I don't remember. See, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. It's been a while. Like we've we've had this in the making for a while now. So um, don't worry. I'll find it and I'll put it right on the screen. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Google it. And so <laughs> my, my very last thing, and I'll ask, I'll ask you both, what is your final statement for the people? Ooh, I'm going to go first so that we end with Tigra. Perfect. So this is the only time I will ever butt in like that. I promise. Um, I think my final statement for the people. So just again, educate yourself. Don't always expect to ask people to educate you. Don't ask for definitions of things. Just like, especially if it's kind of something you could look up. Now, if it's one of those questions you put in a group, like, you know, just looking for advice from specifically people of color, then like, yeah, that's one thing. But like, don't reach out to your only black friend and be like, hey, like, how do I start an activism protest? Because your one black friend's gonna be like, I don't have freaking time to deal with you right now. Um, <laughs> and I can confirm that because I've done that before. So this is this is personal experience. I know this. So I think the one thing is just, again, going back to like, figure out what, what you're best at. And especially if you want to help, even if that means volunteering for something that has nothing to do with us, that's great. Like, that's awesome. Remember that why you're doing it, don't expect a pat on the back and just, just do it. I guess is my last thing. Just do it. Just go out there, do it. Fold some tables, unfold some tables, bring some water, do your thing. Mm, great, great statement. I love it. Tigra Lee. Be respectful. Mm perfect literally be respectful and it's like you know you don't know what type of day that person's been having when you're gonna call them an asshat or something like that just you know be freaking respectful um and uh yeah educate yourself um with whatever question and not just like for non not just for white people but like for all people too. um educate yourself uh, with the amount of groups, Facebook groups out there and like websites and, you know, different organizations, I can guarantee you that your question has been asked before. So there are a plethora of avenues that you can go through to find the answer to that question. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely. Um, like if you're thinking about getting into activism, um, look to see on uh, what groups have been started in your area. Um, if there's not, definitely reach out to leaders of other organizations and see how you can get started in your area. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you both so much for being on the show. I appreciate you so much. And thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Cut.